0: Katjana, people always assume these things happen to other people. Sadly, it's far more common than we'd like to admit or know. Today, we're talking about grooming and children. So let's just start there. What does it mean and what's the end goal of grooming? So grooming
1: or sexual grooming, as it's more uh, commonly referred to, is um, a process with which um, oftentimes an adult uh, tries to groom or program a child um, for the purpose of initiating or having some type of sexual relations with them. The ultimate goal is to be able to establish this relationship with the child um, through a series of steps. Um, And they usually target children who might have some type of difficulty, whether they're having challenging relationships with their parents, so they're um, experiencing a lot of emotional neglect, um children who might you know be in the foster system who don't feel they have a support network um and so that makes them kind of easy targets for these predators or these perpetrators so yeah that's pretty much the the gist of it it's sort of
0: this grooming of sort of, i suppose the more vulnerable as it were yes. is that yes. is that a problem that we have in Malaysia here?
1: Absolutely. I think it's a problem that's happening around the world. Um, I think, you know, we have seen in recent reports that unfortunately Malaysia ranks pretty high when it comes to uh, sexual offences involving children or even um, the sale of children, that type of thing. is actually a really... Big issue here in Asia and in Malaysia specifically. So I think with the birth of you know social media and the increase of access with internet, it's just made it so much easier for these perpetrators to get access to kids, regardless of where they live.
0: Actually, on that because I was just about to ask you on that about the internet making it easy for pedophiles to actually do yes. this. Was it really just an internet thing, or was it even happening before that?
1: Well, it was definitely in existence before, right? Um, but the internet has just made it like a million times easier because you're not confined to location but I think more importantly it allows a big sense of anonymity we're not looking for the strange looking guy on the street approaching kids you're not giving Mm -hmm. yourself that sense of visibility Mm. um, and and risk if you think about it putting yourself out in the open approaching children in what used to be or the way people used to Um, nowadays you can do it from behind a screen Um, and oftentimes these pedophiles are impersonating younger individuals so that these you know young boys or young girls think that they're speaking to a peer, or think that they're speaking to someone who is closer to them in age, and don't realize that this is a full-fledged adult. So the internet has given them uh, this sense of mystery and secrecy, uh, which makes it, I think, so much more dangerous.
0: You Katrina, know, there's this idea that grooming is something that is age-specific. Mm. What's the reality about who can or can't be groomed?
1: There is no age. You mm. can, uh, you know, you children who are accessible are. Groomable. Um, of course, children who are maybe toddlers, you might not be able to use words as a way to kind of groom them, but you could do things that are sort of like uh, in terms of enticing them with, you know, like the whole concept, don't, don't talk to strangers, don't take candy from strangers, things like that. Those things came from somewhere where it had an example in the past, right? So mm. obviously, you know, it is possible to groom children very, very young, but the more common age is in sort of the early childhood, early primary ages and above. In terms of who is susceptible to it, anyone. They target boys, they target girls. It's something that I hear a lot in conversation where you hear parents groom- uh, ch- trying to uh, teach their daughters to be aware, right? But with this misconception that it only affects girls, Girls, but it can affect boys just as bad, yeah. yeah.
0: And what are some examples of grooming?
1: Mm. So the more common one, which I think is is something we see a lot with teenagers, um, are friends that they make online um, who come across pretty innocent in the beginning. So it might be somebody that they don't know or somebody they know kind of twice removed um, or or sort of second degree friends um, who add them on social media um, who kind of start conversation very innocent enough uh, throwing them lots of compliments and then trying to establish themselves as a person of trust and a person with which they can rely on and in that process tries to sever their connection with other people so pointing out that oh you know if that person was really your friend they wouldn't be saying these things about you you know like Mm -hmm. clearly that person doesn't like you or that person doesn't care about you or make similar comments about family members so That's kind of an example of grooming that people don't realize because when they think of grooming or sexual grooming, they obviously focus on the sexual component. But this is a very integral first step when it comes to grooming And so it could very well Just be conversation They might not even have met this person But any effort by an external party To try to sever a child's connection With their support networks Their friends, their teachers, their school Their family members That is already a um, a first step towards grooming
0: Katina, are there different levels Or stages of grooming?
1: There are five or six Depending on who you read Or who you refer to And like I mentioned The whole point of grooming In the traditional sense is to be able to have an individual, in this case, a child that they can manipulate to do whatever they want. And oftentimes there is a sexual component to it. Right. So the first stages involve building trust. And so they call it targeting the victim. So identifying a child that would fit the criteria. And like I mentioned earlier, a child who is generally um, struggling in some way. So they're often um, feeling quite neglected or they might be struggling with a mental illness or they might not have have a support network so say for example mom and dad is divorced or they're in the foster system or you know being put up for adoption so a child that would not have an ironclad support system uh, are often really good targets for these pedophiles some parents will often go well I'm there I'm very supportive of my child and I'm always there for my child some of the victims come from two-person families right Mm -hmm. so just a few months ago I was watching a documentary about this where the girl had come from a loving home her parents were Uh, we're still together, very supportive and yet it still happened, right? So it goes to the fact that if it is an individual or a young child who's feeling quite emotionally neglected, Mm. they can also be pretty good targets. So the first step is often identifying a child who would fit the criteria that would make their job a bit easier, right? So that's kind of the first one. The next step or the second stage involves the gaining or the building of trust. How this happens could be, again, through social media, lots of compliments, lots of support, Supportive words, um, wanting to make this child feel very loved and very supported. Um, so that trust might is a really big component. And oftentimes, some of these pedophiles dedicate months, if not years, to building this trust with this child. So it is a long game that they're often engaging in. The next step is what they call fulfilling a need. And so like I said, all these children that are being targeted often have some type of need that's not being met, whether it's emotional, Support, whether it's financial, right? They might, and uh, if the child comes from a challenged sort of socioeconomic background, they, these pedophiles might be people who would make it seem like, look, I'm just, let me help you pay for some school books, right, let me right. help you pay for school lunches, right? So mm-hmm. they fulfill a need, whether it's gifts or attention or um, affection, right? Being sort of that very um, maternal, paternal kind of mm. element for the child's life, um, that kind of comes in as the next step. So by the time they gotten here, your child or the child in question will feel like this person is the only person on earth who cares 100% about me. And that is their goal, right? And how they get there very stage four is called isolation or isolating the child. So that's where these comments will start to very slowly come out. Having the child reassess their relationship with the people around them, right? So that's kind of what makes them feel or the perpetrator feel more important for the child because they will notice that the connections are being severed with other people, whether it's their parents or their teachers and so on and so forth.
0: So Gatchina, you know, you were saying earlier about the stages. We're talking about the stages and, you know, obviously someone who's grooming doesn't have to be necessarily that old, right? But if they're sort of youngish and they're Mm. doing the same thing, like, for example, gaming and in the same Mm. sort of, um, I guess hobby, as it were, um, it might be really difficult to sort of discern who's a threat and who isn't to your child. So mm. what are the signs or things to look out for that may be the red flags that a child is being groomed? Mm.
1: So the thing that is a main feature, and I read this in one of the articles, is that grooming functions on secrecy, right? So there is a shroud of secrecy that surrounds any individual who wants to groom your child or a grooming relationship, right? So the first thing I tell parents parents look out for is if your child is being super secretive about the interactions that they're having, or if they feel that they can't say, right? Or if they talk about a friend and they're like, oh, you know, they don't really want to tell you very much about it. Or they're doing secretive things Like quickly turning off things when you walk in The whole point of grooming Is to keep it as secret as possible Because of course if it gets found out This person will get mm. into trouble
0: So how then would you identify grooming behaviours In an adult mm-hmm. or, or, or someone that you might suspect? Oh you mean like mm. the perpetrator? Yeah Right, right mm.
1: I mean I think you know The, the main thing is if they have if, if you're seeing an adult Have an above average interest In your child's well-being, right? Or in your child's you know Making comments about your child's physical appearance. Like I was just reading this this really disturbing article on social media yesterday about how this celebrity had posted up a Raya photo of his family um, and he has a 12-year-old daughter and then there was this person who was just like, oh, you know, your daughter is so pretty, you know, she's going to make a beautiful wife one day. She's 12 years old. And there were these grown men who were making comments like that about her. And I think just any adult out who makes inappropriate comments about children and passes it off as a joke um, or just getting very emotionally invested in your child's, you know, activities, over-liking photos on their social media, things like that, probably raise a bit of an eyebrow. But generally speaking, when pedophiles have reached a stage when they are grooming children, they've usually gotten very good at hiding what they're doing. That's why they groom. Because Mm -hmm. if they don't think it's a problem, if if they haven't yet honed in the skills, they wouldn't be able to groom a child to begin with they wouldn't be as methodical as what grooming requires so I would say it's probably really difficult to spot someone but generally if it's someone in your environment then yeah just people who have maybe a little bit of an exaggerated interest in your child that might be something to look into
0: understanding all that we sort of have learned today katiana you know as a guardian or parent what's the first thing we can do you know anyone's Mm -hmm. listened to this and thinks oh my gosh okay I recognize some of this or I'm concerned about this, you know, and you think... Is my child being groomed?
1: I think, you know, if you feel like you're not sure, then the first thing you need to do is educate your child. I mean, you don't have to go all out and scare them and use things like sexual grooming and tell them all the scary things. Um, but just to educate your child on what is yeah, responsible social media usage, right? About not sharing too much about your personal information on social media. Um, those are the things that you should probably talk about with your child beforehand. But if, say, for example, you know your child is engaging on, online with like online games and things like mm-hmm. that and they're and you're a bit concerned then the first thing that i would do is to try to get a little bit more involved right have your child talk to you about who they're talking to online and what they're playing um, ask if he can he or she can kind of teach you to kind of play the game you know i know some parents would just be like oh my gosh i have to learn how to play these games online but <laughs> it's about having some type of involvement in your child's world because your child is not going to be able to spot it as well as you can right and and mm-hmm. if you are trying to tell your child oh you can't do this you can't do that you can't do that you are just giving these perpetrators more ammunition because mm-hmm. you are showing them that look your parents don't support you your parents are all about rules your parents are all about the nose and the nose. so you are just adding to you're giving them permission basically right. right so the last thing I want parents to do is to establish themselves as a person that the children do not trust and the children do not want to be around who are going to judge them and so on and so forth so the best thing I would do is I would try to get more involved right so You've, I've had some parents who sneakily, you know, like I think we've talked about in previous episodes, created like false social media. Attacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, yeah. you know, kind of... If that's less intrusive to you, then yeah, go ahead. But generally, I think what we want is for your child to have a comfortable relationship with you where they can go, oh, see, you know, this kid was messaging me on, on Discord or messaging me on the game yeah. and was we'll saying, you want your kid to be able to say those things to you without them feeling... Stressed out about it because then you can go, okay, you know, you can kind of keep note of who is saying what and what is appropriate and Mm. what's not, right? Because that's usually been the issue where parents were completely unaware that all of this was happening, right? And that's kind of why it's become so dangerous being digital now. So I would say get involved, right? If your child is spending a heck of a lot of time on an online platform or you know anything that involves them interacting with you know strangers outside the home, just kind of have your foot in it and kind of be aware. You don't have to be like a helicopter parent and be there 247. But just be aware of what your child is doing and have your child feel like they can come to you whenever things are happening. So at dinner times going like, hey, so how's that? How's your gaming thing going? You know, did you guys have a good rate yesterday or stuff like mm. that? You know, you should be able to kind of talk about it so they can kind of, you know, give, give you a bit of an update.